inspired, informative, and entertaining. This broadcast is brought to you by Women in Christian Leadership. Welcome to It's Her Story, a weekly broadcast featuring women who inspire us to be the best versions of ourselves, bringing the heart, the soul, and the brilliance of women to the forefront by sharing their unique stories. I'm your host, Karen Colonna, engaging guests to share their stories of how God has led them to it, delivered them through it, and prepared them for it. Well, hey, everybody, it is Karen Colonna back here again for another episode of It's Her Story. And we have an exciting event coming up this coming Monday. That would be August 15th is when this is going to air. We have our virtual roundtable. This happens virtually, haha, and you can register at womeninchristianleadership.com. And this week's topic is called He Kept His Altar Clean. We are reading Jesus in Blue Jeans by Lori Beth Jones. And every month for 2022, we are focusing on one of the chapters. And this month it is He Kept His Altar Clean. The topic is this, wherever we are giving our utmost attention, our greatest gift of time and energy, our focus, that's where our altar will be. Sometimes our altar is cluttered, piled high with big and little priorities that shift from place to place. Our discussion will be, what do we have to do to keep our altar clean? I will tell you lately, I am struggling to keep my focus in the right place so that I am delivered to the right destination. And I'm very excited to be a part of this group on Monday night. It's Monday, August 15th at seven o'clock. And we actually have a guest moderator, Melissa Jones. Melissa shared her story with us about connections throughout her life and how they were purposeful and how they brought her to where she is today. So she is going to be the voice that guides us through the discussion. He kept his altar clean. In preparation for Monday night's discussion, we are going to replay Melissa's episode from a few weeks ago. So I hope you enjoy my conversation with Melissa Jones. I am so, so excited to have our guest with us today. She comes all the way from New Zealand. We are recording this. It is 6.30 my time here in Dayton, Ohio, and it is 10.30 in the morning uh, the next day for Melissa. We talk about women in Christian leadership, aspiring to be a global organization, and Melissa's participation really brings that to life. I'm going to introduce her to you in just a second, but let me tell you a little bit about Melissa Jones. She lives, as I mentioned, in Christchurch, New Zealand with her husband and has two adult children who also reside there with her. Through her M. Jones Consultancy, she facilitates professional development by working alongside senior leadership, primary and secondary school teachers to enhance learning programs. She's also a specialist teacher for the New Zealand Center for Gifted Education and works with the Dynamic Computer Science Educational Research Group team at the University of Canterbury. She also enjoys scenic walks, bike rides, and kayaking around New Zealand, where she finds God speaking to her through his magnificent creation that provides a peace as described in Philippians 4-7 that transcends all understanding. Wow. I'm moved just from the introduction. Melissa, welcome to It's Her Story. 
Thank you, Karen. It's lovely to be here. So I met Melissa on, I believe, one of our programs. It was either a coffee or conversation or a leadership roundtable. Tell us a little bit about how you found women in Christian leadership from the other side of the world. Yep. Well, that's where those divine connections come into play. Several years ago, I lived in the Dayton area and so had um, gotten heavily involved with my church and through a friend that is also part of Women in Christian Leadership, she passed my name on to Jeannie. And just at the moment where I was in the midst of trying to figure out why I was in the mess I was in, and I'm on my way into to, to the school to teach for the day, I'm praying to God, how do I reconnect with women? How do I reconnect with you through women? I really missed my, my connection and my Bible studies and things. Things here in New Zealand, they're there, but there was something missing. Anyway, and then on my lunch hour, I had a messenger message from Jeannie. <laughs> and I thought, who's this person? Oh, is it really real? <laughs> or is it, you know, something I should just ignore, you know? And she mentioned that we had a mutual contact. And um, through that mutual contact, I was curious. And so I connected Jeannie, asked her to send me some information, got in contact with my friend, Kelly. And, and then the rest is history. I was knew that God wanted me to connect and use that connection of when I was in Dayton to facilitate my growth and the growth of other women around the world. I tell you, I remember hearing that story now as it came to fruition and what now has transcended is it has brought us together to have this conversation to talk about your passion, about God's connections in our lives and the purposes he intends for those connections. As we, as we chat through your journey, our listeners will come to see that everyday instances in one sense in one day truly can be the catalyst to a life-changing connection that will take us down the path we're supposed to be. As we start down our path today, why don't you start off by sharing a phone call that you received almost, almost 30 years ago? It's been a while. <laughs> I'm trying to do the air math as well. We can go back and say um, a phone call that you received from a stranger back in 1997. That's right. That's right. So back at that time, my husband and I were here in New Zealand. We had our own little business and I was, we were playing tag team parenting and peg tag team, you know, business owners doing our responsibility. So he was home with the kids it was probably seven o'clock in the evening and I was in the office doing the books, trying to get things caught up. And I received a phone call on our private line and I thought it was probably him. And there was this strange woman's voice on the other end of the phone. And I thought, what in the world? Who's calling me at this hour? All I need to do is get these books done and get home to the kids. How did you get this number? You know, all these things are going through through my head. And she says, I was just talking to your husband. He says, you used to live in Winter Haven. And I said, yes, I did. 
And then she further explained to me that she was the friend of my good friend's sister-in-law. So my good friend had a sister-in-law who is from Canada. This woman was from America. They lived in the Southern part of the South Island here in New Zealand. She was feeling a bit homesick, was up in Christchurch for the weekend. And her friend thought, um, call Melissa. I'm sure she'll be love to hear from you. So through that conversation, I found out that her and I, 16 years prior, had gone to the same high school. And we were actually in the same class. We both played in the band. And we were probably there for only one month at the at the same time. I started there at the school late in the year, family issues. My mother was in Indiana. We were moving down to Florida to be with my dad. He was moving from Southern Florida up to Central Florida to Winter Haven. So had knew, knew nobody, you know, our family didn't know anybody. So, and I was an extremely shy person, extremely shy. So I just, you know, went to class, did my thing, didn't think anything about it. And so then 16 years later, she's calling me <laughs> saying that we knew the same people. You know, we sat two rows apart from each other in this class. I possibly went to her dad's church because he was a minister with another friend once or twice. She was here in New Zealand for the majority of my time that I was in Winter Haven as a foreign exchange student. By the time she came back to finish high school, I had moved back to live with my mother. And so we were so close and yet so far away. And God used that moment in time for New Zealand, for when I was going to be in New Zealand. I would have never known I was ever going to be in New Zealand at the age of 15, 16 years old. And through her connection, I was able to, she wanted to go to this church. Now, this is, church was only a couple blocks from the house we first moved into when we moved here to New Zealand in 95. I was in search, I had a two-year-old at the time, and I was in search of connection and finding a home, you know, making New Zealand my home. And I went to every church around the neighborhood except this church. And she decided to take me to this church because she really wanted to meet, they were doing some dynamic things and meet certain people. And I walked into this church with her for an evening service and thought, I'm home. This is what I was looking for. And I would have never gone to that church when we were living in that house, I could hear them singing and stuff, but it, the denomination of the church would have been, been my choice, but it was the place we needed to be. When I met her, we hadn't been living in that house for almost a year. So just the fact that God took us there, took us to this church, got us settled in, and through that we saw some people that we knew from my daughter's preschool. It became our home, and I joined a Bible study called Experiencing God by Henry Blackaby. The facilitator that was facilitating it, he was another American from Texas. <laughs> so all these connections were coming up and, and, and I was feeling so much at home. And in the beginning of that Bible study, it asked, do you know, can you remember specifically 
when you surrendered your life to Jesus. And I couldn't, I didn't have a specific date. And I had been going to church, gone to church camp, you know, as a teenager. And to me, ministry or, or surrendering to Jesus meant you were going to go into ministry, you know, be, you know, a missionary or something like that. I didn't understand really about the relational side of things. And, and so I prayed right then and there. And so God used that connection from a time when, you know, when I was in Florida, that was just a messy growing up time with family life being crazy to actually making it very, very meaningful because that really changed the course of my life forever. Wow. And, you know, when I was listening to you talk and hearing you talk about just that subtle encounter during high school, it's a little bit crazy, different context, but my fiance and I were both at Miami University from 1986 to 1990. He did an extra year because he was on the, the special kids program. And we lived in the same quad for two years. His ex-wife, the woman he married from there, lived on my floor my sophomore year. And based upon the proximity of where we were, we had to encounter each other hundreds and hundreds of times over the course of two years, but yet we never met. And fast forward 30 years later, we have both encountered significant journeys in our lifetimes that would frame us up as the individuals. And we are now building a life built on faith. He introduced me to a different relationship with God, a step away from religion into spirituality. Coincidentally, Jeannie found me in relation to women in Christian leadership just six months before. So when you started sharing your experience about that connection, I'm, I'm guessing that there are many women, many listeners that were instantly brought to something maybe in their lives that they could see as a similar divine connection, or maybe they will listen differently after today to focus on what that could be in their life because the connection is just the start. And then you shared your journey into the church and that moment of accepting Jesus. Talk to us a little bit about what that looks like. We've talked about connection Talk a little bit about how that plays into, into purpose within your life. I guess, yeah, over the years, I've just, I've really taken the time that in each moment, knowing that God's working everything together for good, no matter how difficult and challenging life gets. So we had that journey. We got involved with the church, my husband and I. We had our own business, as I said at the time. And as I started to follow what I thought God was sharing with us to do, that's how we ended back in Dayton. My father, the business we were doing here was connected to my father's business. My father lived there in Centerville and we went back and lived there. And then that took us in a whole nother realm of 
experiencing God, really experiencing God. And if anybody's familiar with that, you end up in the wilderness. And boy, did we end up in the wilderness in Dayton. And, 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 and God uses all those situations to draw us closer to him. And we really got to experience his love, his unconditional love. We got to see him make provisions for us in ways that we never asked for or didn't expect. And so, yeah, and so I just am always attentive to, okay, what's happening? Where, you know, okay, God, what are you up to next? I'm just so excited to see, you know, what, how things are going to, you know, work out for the good and how we can all continue to grow in our relationship and a deeper spiritual relationship with God and actually seeing him active, excuse me, active in our lives. It takes a tremendous amount of faith to have that outset, that, that outlook as you go through life. Because as we all know, and I'm sure many listening can relate to, is that life is just an ongoing series of peaks and valleys. And when you're at the top of the peak, it's very easy, at least for me personally, to say, oh God, well, what do you have for me next? Look at all the bounty, look at what you brought. You know, show me what's next. And there's a hopeful, exciting outlook. But inversely or conversely, you will then go to a valley. That's the natural rhythm of the life we live here on earth. It's a lot harder from the depths to look up and say, oh God, show me what you have for me next. Because sometimes we get lost and stuck in the wilderness. So share with us a little bit how, what did that wilderness look like for you? And maybe what resources in your spiritual backpack did you use to help you maintain that, that outlook of God, show me what's next, help me make the next connection. What will you have for me? Yeah, so, so while we were there in Dayton, we found home with the church, heavily got involved with the Bible studies, done numerous Bible studies to grow my, I guess, connection through wisdom, you know, knowing the word, knowing God because of his words, seeing how he was working in other people's lives, you know, everything that the Bible tells us to do, you know, but we also saw through provision. We had nothing there for a time. And somehow we ended up with a house with 100% financing. <laughs> so it was my husband, two children, and myself. <laughs> we were having a hard time, you know, had, had no money. So we couldn't get a vehicle. My sister had lent me her car for several months. And finally, we got to a place where we thought, well, we can get a, a new vehicle because we didn't need to have the 20% down, down payment. So we did that. So we had this huge vehicle payment and my husband lost his job <laughs> and we were like, what do we do next? I wasn't working. Part of our value was for me to be able to be home with the kids. And one of the reasons why we left our business here in New Zealand and ended up back in Dayton was so that we could have the family life that we thought was a higher priority 
to all this other stuff and things just kept seemed to be falling apart all around us. He, God showed us love through people we hardly knew. And, you know, the provisions that they provided, whether it was furniture to be borrowed, dishes, a, a broken vacuum cleaner that somebody had put out in the trash that got brought to our house and got fixed and worked, you know, the, it was just a real time of when you're in the valley, actually giving God space to see him love you. And so, yes. yeah. Well, it's interesting in a, a reading that I just came across last week and it was very poignant in a moment that I've been dealing with something in my life right now. And it was giving God the space, the space to hear God act or to see that provision. Because sometimes we are so caught up in what we have or don't have, what we need, what we think we need, where we're going, that we don't actually allow God the grace to work right there with us within proximity to us and it's when we do that provision surfaces and I don't know about you but when I find myself struggling I'm a doer I just took a, a learning quiz today for work on how I learn am I a thinker an analyzer a doer and I am, I, I learn my doing. If there is a challenge, I am jumping in. I'm, what can I do? There's an ego in that I. There's a sense of control in that I statement where it is not me. And so being able to pause and let God provide, that is a very spiritual skill. And it's one good. that you had to master in order to allow those pieces to come to fruition yeah yeah through through all the challenges that I had you know growing up I learned to be quite independent <laughs> God needs us to be in, interdependent with him <laughs> and and I did try to control a lot of things and so um so yes you know it wasn't easy it wasn't easy and he blessed me with a man that been on this journey with me and love me unconditionally through all of the stuff that we've been through and and so yeah so life's full of us having the potential to be loved especially when we need it the most and it's quite hard to do to let go quite often I'm gonna kind of take us on a little bit of a turn I'm good at doing this in my life. A lot of times friends say that I have shiny thing syndrome. I've never been diagnosed <laughs> with ADD, but I do tend to make a quick left turn and not always advise my passengers what's happening. <laughs> but um, I kind of like to go back a little bit and talk about your journey to New Zealand. You, we picked up this conversation with a phone call that night in that land where you are now very far away. But you started here in North America, in the United States where I'm sitting. And there was a journey that led you to that phase of your life that brought you to that defining moment that you shared and the subsequent story after. So maybe let's kind of turn around and retrospect a little bit and take a step back and share with us that time of your life and what that looked like. Yep. So 10 years prior to us coming to New Zealand, 
I was building in life with another man and he had um, a strong connection with his fraternity. We lived in Northern Indiana and it was the place where I went to high school. It was one of the places where I finally felt like I had a little bit of roots because when I was growing up, we moved a lot. <laughs> I went to nine different schools before I finished high school. And so I guess with that journey, it was hard for me to, to connect deeply with people. You know, it was hard to, you know, we were all, things were always changing. And so as soon as things went wrong, you up to move to moved on, you know, and anyway, so in, in Angola, Indiana, with this man, I was building a life. I had come out of high school, didn't know what I wanted to do, wasn't, didn't go to university, had started a career in the banking industry, um, doing data processing for the local banks and things. And like I said, he, we, we hung out with a lot of his fraternity friends. And we would like, there's 101 lakes. And so we would go out in the summertime with whoever we could find because you needed a third person to go skiing, <laughs> water skiing. And so, um, so one of the fraternity brothers is now my husband, Scott. And we had only started getting to know each other at this summer, just a couple months. And Mark was his name. He was in a tragic accident and our life all of a sudden stopped. And I found myself for the first time truly lost. <laughs> Didn't know where to turn to next or where what was going to happen. And of course, this is prior to me actually having that relationship with God. <laughs> but prior to Mark's accident, and I didn't realize this until doing one of my Bethmore Bible studies several years later. I didn't remember it. It had come in, you know, one of those moments. But about a week before Mark's tragic accident where he um, was killed, I had a premonition of being with Scott. And it freaked me out because I thought, well, why would I have that thought? I hardly know this person. And... I'm in love with this other person. We're building a life together. We're looking for houses together, you know? And so, so anyway, out of all of our friends, for some reason, Scott became my best friend. He was the one that helped me through my grief. Yeah. And so natural course of things happened, you know, well, four years after the accident, Scott and I got married and, and Scott his family roots are um, from the suburbs of Chicago. His parents both grew up from in the suburbs of Chicago. My husband, Scott, was born in Colorado, and his father got a, as a physics professor and got a job at the Canterbury University. <laughs> and so they had moved to New Zealand in 1972, and my husband grew up here in New Zealand, and his father's still here. <laughs> His sister, one of his sisters lives here. His other sister lives in North Carolina. And it's that connection that brought me to New Zealand. Wow. I got nothing else but wow. I am a firm believer. Uh, anybody who's listened to it's her story. Uh, at the early days when I shared my story, I'm a firm believer that God provides that word provision. 
Um, I really didn't hear provision until I came to Women in Christian Leadership. But the gifts in our lives, the greatest gifts are born. They truly are from our deepest tragedy. And I look back on my life, it'll be 15 years in a few weeks in August when my daughter passed from pediatric cancer. She was uh, almost eight. And I, I could not fathom living the day after she passed away. And what God has done in my life because of her life and death is truly miraculous. The fact that I'm talking to you in this forum as a voice for women in Christian leadership and literally putting my spirituality out there as a badge of honor is something that was never in me. I had religion and I had to have faith. I look at my journal from the three years she was ill and the pastor who did her funeral quoted me 21 times using the word miracle. When I met my fiance, the first gift that I gave him for Valentine's Day was my journal during her illness and death. I thought, I mean, it's not the most romantic gift in the world, but it was my soul, a part of my life that he would only get through reading it. Took him, took him two years, but then he went back and he cited scripture that wrapped itself around the faith that he found in my words. I told you how we, we met 30 years after what was probably many encounters. And, but we both had to endure our version of life's greatest tragedy to open up that door of provision for hope and another life. And when we were talking beforehand, I had asked you what we were gonna hope to, to convey today. And that really was the power behind God's connections and how those connections lead us to a purpose that we had no idea. We may never even have dreamed for us. Your connections, both geographically, socially, randomly, and in an evening in New Zealand have all led you and I to this conversation in a forum where we are both part of something bigger than ourselves, which is how do we as a community of women come together and share our collected stories and our passions and how do we equip other women to step into their power and empower them to live the life God asked for them? And you shared how we have to pause. We have to be attentive. We have to be present. It's just it's, sometimes there's not much words to say, is there? It's just it's just being being attentive in those moments and and putting on those those spectacles you know that that the god lenses to actually say there's something happening here and i'm i'm curious to see how it's going to turn out it takes patience and it takes being quiet and i'm not known for either if i were going to give a complete disclosure my children would not say that I'm very patient and chatty is probably one of the nicest ways people might describe my talking, my, my need to talk. I was at a meeting a few weeks ago of spiritual nature and somebody shared an acronym with me. Well, they with the room. Wait, why am I talking? And sometimes I can take that. It was the biggest gift in the world for me personally. 
why am I talking? Sometimes you need to be silent. That if I were to take that one step further, sometimes we just need to be still in whatever it is. Because as you shared in your journey that led you to New Zealand, in that journey that gave you a connection that brought you to Christ in a different way, in the provision of God giving you what your family needed at a time of hardship. In those moments, it might not have been clear. The glasses could have been foggy or like, (laughs) if you're like me, they're they're in my head and I can't find them or they're in the purse. And you're like, like, God, why am I here? Why do I have to suffer? (laughs) Yes. But isn't it, isn't, isn't his grace beyond imagine or beyond anything that we can imagine? Because if we actually pause and look back, or pause and be still we can see it it's that gift that might sustain us through that time that we can't imagine will get better and it's that connection that we made randomly somewhere that changes our lives or somebody else's connection is a beautiful beautiful thing and i am guessing gonna go out on a limb and say that there's some folks listening today that might feel alone, that might feel disconnected, that might be saying, where is my provision? What words of hope might you give to them or leave with them based on your journey to help them know that he's right there, connecting? I was just say, you just have to trust. It's it's the trust experience, you know, it's, it's getting into the word, it's watching things with an expectation that you're being loved on. And that if you're open to it, God will love you through other people. And for those of us who sometimes think, oh, I don't want to, as a shy person and someone that didn't want to interfere or or you know um, get myself in the middle of something I wasn't supposed to be in the middle of or something like that and would hold back it's like you need to listen to God and when he tells you to to make that connection you need to reach out and make that connection because it's more about the other person but through that you grow as well God uses it to bless both of you in ways that you really didn't know you need to be blessed. You shared some different scriptures in our preparations and one that just pops out in my mind at this very moment is Romans 8, 28. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. He knows. He puts them in our lives. He gave me the gift of you. And we know that there was a few barriers to entry to this few minutes that we're spending together. (laughs) Timing and technology, they're all my fault. Melissa had nothing to do with them. (laughs) But you know, maybe the story that had to be shared today was it needed a few more days of curation and cultivation so that the right words would surface. That's right. I thank you for joining me today in this forum and for bringing 
your story of connectivity, of your story of provision and your story of purpose to our listeners, to those who might be looking for something, some, some lenses to help them through whatever it is that they're facing today. And if that is an isolation, for them to know that they're always connected and the connection is greater than all of us. Well, folks, this session has come to an end. I thank Melissa. I wish you a beautiful tomorrow in my world. You're beautiful today. Have you guys ever had a conversation with somebody on the other side of the world? Because I don't know, I'm pretty, I'm pretty excited about this. This is a first for Karen. Um, it is Monday in Ohio. It is Tuesday in Christchurch. And who knows? Who knows what beautiful connections we'll make today? I challenge everybody to get out their, their God-designed specs, their lenses. Uh, put them on. See what connections you can find today that can inspire you to be, to be his voice, to carry that grace forward. So thank you, Melissa. Thank you, Karen. <laughs> and thank you to everyone who's listening. God loves you. What she said. I still find it hard to believe that I have a friend in New Zealand and that I could have a conversation with her with such clarity of sound and connection on the other side of the world. God is good. This is a divine connection that I feel very blessed to have. Thank you for tuning in with us for this episode of It's Your Story. And I hope that you will join us on Monday. That is August 15th at 7 o'clock. You can go to womeninchristianleadership.com, click on the events calendar, and you can register anywhere in the world. We welcome you. Until then, may grace be yours. Thank you for listening to It's Her Story. I'm your host, Karen Colonna, bringing the heart, the soul, and the brilliance of women to the forefront through their unique stories. If you have a story that you'd like to share, if you'd like to learn more, visit us online at womeninchristianleadership.com. Subscribe so that you don't miss our brilliant lineup of guests. We hope that you'll join us next time for another episode of It's Her Story, brought to you by Women in Christian Leadership, a Jeannie Porter production.